this is the Pie Boy Podcast. Hey, welcome. It's the Pie Boy Podcast, and I'm Sparky. I'm glad you're here. This is the start of part two of this series um, on on the Pie Boy Podcast. The first part of my story um, was obviously, if you listened, a roller coaster, a balance of traumas and graces. And now it's into the second part of my life, so my coming of age of being a teenager, so years from 12 to 18, um, formative years, forming relationships, forming connections, associations, um, getting a better grasp of your universe and your world, people around you, um, school, social life, all those things, big changes. And I call this part part two, Malala Bound and Down. And it's, I don't know. I wasn't able to tell you all the stories, and that's okay. But it's weird how um, all that stuff happened, and then all of a sudden I'm in Malala, and I'm with all these people I'd just seen in the summer, and now I'm seeing, or on the weekends during the year, and now I'm seeing them all the time. And um, every day, and a lot of them embrace me. And there's quite a few new characters to come into my story that were the relationships I needed to get through the traumas of my past and to face the traumas of my future, present and future. And um, yeah, so there's going to be a lot of nicknames and I'm going to get into different origin stories. Some of these Podcasts will be a stories, but others will be more like an essay and re- kind of researching the weirdness of my life and reflecting on it. So similar, we're just taking it to the next level. So hang in there. And if you haven't listened, better go back. Better check it out. Connect the dots. Well, that's your homework. I can't wait around. Prelude. I transitioned into Malala, the middle school, the people, our neighbors, our friends, the surrounding towns was not that hard, but it was all weird in the best ways and others too terrible to think about. It was a much different part of the state than I was used to coming from the coast and the hillbilly ghetto and Clackamas. Ripe? This place was ripe with hillbillyisms, cowboy folklore, hick happenings, hippies, farmers, racism, drinking problems, and drug habits. It was a strange place to come of age. Portland was weirder, but Malala was deeper. It was the woods, deep and dark. Now the stakes were different for me. Not a lot of rules or supervision. At my dad and stepmom's house, it was a free-for-all. I had to pay attention. I had to be more independent. I had to grow up fast, and there were a lot of tears and big feelings. Then came some living. I met my best friends, 
I had a blast, and also I struggled. I started playing sports religiously. That helped. We continued to go on camping and fishing trips as soon as the season opened until it was the bitter end. Runs to the coast. Things were a little more loose living with my dad, but also more dangerous and reckless. My mom's family was always worried about whether we would come home in one piece. I had a lot of fun, but I got a lot of scars. Most of them physical and hearty, but also some were mental blows that stick around. I left one mess and was thrown into a completely different one. So that's my meditation on the transition to the second part of my life. Chapter 56. So now we're going to introduce you to one of the main characters of this weird saga of the pie boy. Chapter 56. The Legend of Lumpy. Carrie Hosey was a mysterious character from my neighborhood when we first moved into the Lost Canyon house in Malina, Oregon. Before I knew him as Lumpy, he was a wild-looking, long-haired kid I would see playing in his yard. He would drive by, we would drive by on the weekends when it was my dad's turn to have Kayla and I, and he would always wave. I remember thinking, who the hell is that kid? I wondered it, I wondered if he was nice and I want and wanted to play with me. I was very interested in hanging out with a kid that lived so close to us out in the middle of nowhere. I had no idea how much it would change my life once we connected. Carrie had surprised my dad and stepmom one afternoon when they were working around the house when they first moved in. 95, 96 for sure, 96. He had let himself in and introduced himself right away. Very polite. By doing that, he scared my stepmom, who was pregnant with my little brother, the outlaw, at that time. I remember calling my dad about coming out to see them and how he had finally met the neighbor kid. Dad had thought he was a girl with all that long hair, but learned quickly that his parents were old rockers and long hairs uh, for guys and girls was normal to them. He had long hair and a cute baby face that looked just like his mom's. He would later have one of the best mullets I have ever seen up close. Fast forward to the weekend of our first meeting, and Carrie would earn his nickname and a badge of honor for his actions at my house. Get into the deep, murky waters. I remember him coming down the hill and being so talkative. It was like we had known each other for years. He was funny right away, and my dad warmed up to him fast. They were like old buddies. My stepmom said his humor was inappropriate. That made us laugh. Dad and I were having fun with this crazy neighbor kid. In the middle of goofing around with my dad, Carrie leaned over on the couch, lifted his leg, and let out a giant fart. 
We all laughed so hard. And then he said he had this concerned look on his face. He asked my dad where the crapper was, and my dad pointed across the room. While I was rolling around on the ground, Carrie ran into the bathroom. Dad and I just looked at each other and laughed. He came out five minutes later with a big grin on his face. My dad asked him, dude, what happened in there? Did you have an accident? Carrie answered, yeah, everything is good. I just had a few lumps in there. Just when I thought I couldn't laugh anymore, I began crying and laughing. That's when he became the legend known as Lumpy. From that day on, he was Lumpy, but we would call him by his real name, Carrie, if things were serious or if he was in big trouble, which would be a common occurrence at my house. My dad would give him variations of that nickname later, calling him Stumpy, Stump Mitchell, Carrie Hossie, or Hoss. Haas was something his hick friends called him, while Carrie Hassi was something this old teacher and seventh grade football coach named Mr. Conley called him in his half-ass southern accent. I can't do it. My dad did it really well, and Sauce, shout out to Sauce for all the great impersonations of people and voices. But for some reason, Mr. Conley couldn't pronounce Hosey without sounding like he was choking on peanuts. Ha 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 It was so weird. My dad thought that was so hilarious. This would be a reoccurring joke my dad would bring up and then impersonate Mr. Conley for years after. Hasi. What's up, Hasi? My dad would make himself laugh. He'd make himself cry laughing sometimes because he'd get all of us laughing or he'd piss Lumpy off because Conley disrespected him and he disrespected me all the time. This guy was an old kook. He ended up being my baseball coach later in life and in high school. Terrible, terrible experience. Anyway, Lumpy became a main character in my family's story and we would bring him along to almost every family outing. My family knew who he was. He's like my long lost big brother. He was walking entertainment. He even got his own catchphrase where my dad would tell people that were messing around or breaking stuff to not be a lumpy junior. My sister and I started using that term all the time for our friends in those situations. And my dad would say it this to my little brother often when he was growing up as a reminder to act right. Draco, the outlaw, hated it, but will tell you to this day that it helped him not be such a naughty acting kid eventually. <laughs> yeah, because Lumpy was having bad behavior for years at my house, and it was pretty fun. The truth about Lumpy was this. He was my hero, and the more you read about him in this book, you will understand why. He always stood up to the bullshit in the world. He made my, f 
he made me face my problems with true grit and helped me find humor in the not so familiar places or made me laugh when I wanted to cry. He was the tragic hero in my story and in many ways he saved my life. He was there for me in those dark days of adolescence and that transition that I had just gone through in life and beyond. He was the Neil Cassidy to my Jack Kerouac. He was an updated version of Dean Moriarty from the book On the Road and Cody and many other books, uh, The Dharma Bums. He was the loud-talking, reckless, driving, quick-witted, strong-hearted, loyal, courageous, off-his-rocker, and outrageously funny champion of my story. He stood up for me always, and I stood up for him. Lumpy was flawed in all the best ways, though, just like us all. His sense of humor was cutthroat and would push the limits of social acceptance. He was the closest thing I knew to a comedian. He could make you laugh so fast that you forgot you were sad or angry in the first place. He would also scare the living shit out of you with his recklessness. He was born to tear shit up and live life at 120 miles per hour, which made life so damn interesting. Lumpy, the man, the legend, the myth. Side note. Lumpy used to tell us he had a 113-year-old grandma and also told, told us she drank straight wild turkey bourbon and breathed fire. He was scared of her, and we were all too, but we never really saw her. Saw her. My dad thought it was f- so funny and did not believe his grandma was that old. But old Lump swore to God she was 113 and meaner than a damn snake. Those are his words. We still die laughing about that. Dad, My dad finally saw her one day. And I shit you not, he said, Sparky, I saw Lumpy's granny milling around by her house today. She may be 113. I almost died. I never told him I had found out the truth. (laughs) She was 80-ish. But she did like whiskey because I saw her um, light up like a Christmas tree one day when Lumpy and I brought her a monthly case of wild turkey from the Lump family Costco trip. She told us, you boys better hurry up with that stuff because I'm thirsty. I was floored. Lumpy later told me, I told you, dog, she doesn't mess around. Oh, man, Lumpy, Lumpy, Lumpy. So speaking of, like, the legend, the myth, I forgot to read the meditation at the beginning, but I'm reading it now because it's really weird how it connects again to what I'm talking about today in in a strange sense. So maybe it's some 420 vibes. I don't know. But this is my mindful minute in meditation for the day. April 20th. 
I wasn't exactly brought up in one of those Norman Rockwell paintings you used to see on the cover of the Saturday Evening Post. Reggie Jackson, the famous baseball player, Oakland A's, Yankees, Angels. We have many myths about other people's lives. We compare ourselves to, to these stories. We come up short. We have the TV families of Father Knows Best or the Waltons in our minds. I'm thinking modern, modern family and Bob's Burgers, so I don't know about that. Uh, we may have stories our father told us about his moment of glory and how he met his challenges. Any of these images selects part of the truth and highlights it, creating a myth that might be worthwhile if we don't take it too literally. Living real life never feels as serene as our fantasies. A myth lifts us up, carries us away to other possibilities, but we should always take it with a grain of salt. A father's recollections or a Norman Rockwell painting romanticizes a piece of reality by omitting the drudgery and confusion of life. Myths are meant as inspirations, not as measurements of our lives. The difficulties and confusion I feel may just be part of real life. Serenity comes when I accept the mixture that real life is. So, talking about myths. Yeah, this is the myth, the legend of Lumpy that we just heard about today. And... Yeah, there's a lot of good in this story. He crapped his pants at my house. Very first time we ever met for real. Not just waving in the car or whatever. Let <laughs> that sink in a little bit. So it's just a reminder. This meditation and the story about Lumpy is just a reminder of with all the the goodness in the story and all the grace, um, the trauma, the trauma that it was happening during is the grain of salt. And I call him the tragic hero um, because he did a lot of good, but he did a lot of bad. It was a balance. And if you take it with a grain of salt, um, it's a beautiful story even though it ends tragically. Yeah, so Lumpy crapping his pants. Oh, man. My dad handled it so well. I can't believe he wasn't traumatized or cursed for life or something, you know. I feel like if I did that at somebody's house, it wouldn't have gone over as well. I don't think I would have got a nickname or a great one that anybody told me to my face. And it's spread across generations of people and friends and neighbors and strangers and schoolmates. Nickname Lumpy. It was actually the second Lumpy. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, that new Lumpy and my dad giving him that nickname. So there was a, a Lumpy, original Lumpy, OG Lumpy from when my dad uh, was growing up and was in high school and I'm pretty sure this guy crapped his pants too, which was funny <laughs> in itself that another guy, what's the odds that another person 
um, in his, my dad's, like in, <clears throat> in, just what are the odds, I guess? I, I don't have to go much deeper into that. Just cracks me up. The grandma thing is funny. Uh, grandma lived in the front house, if you ever knew where Haas lived, off of um, Beaver Creek, right before Lost Canyon, right above my road. Um, Granny's house is right there above a garage. And um, at one point, actually, whenever I think of her, somebody, when she was still living and still living there, all 113 years of her, um, drinking wild turkey, I promise you, that is not a lie. That is the truth. I was impressed because I knew what that was, even though I was a teenager. I knew that was the old rotten brown stuff <laughs> that made people do wild things, breathe fire. Um, like Lumpy said, and this person was drunk driving, and I don't know if they were road raging or road racing or just going way too fast on that road. They came around the corner and were coming up the hill, and somehow they jumped. They came across the lanes because they were going towards Oregon City, and um <clears throat> Uh, Clark towards the Clark's four corners getting out of Clark's and came across the double yellow line went up the embankment jumped into grandma's house as grandma is still there sleeping in the middle of the night lumpy comes running out confronts the drunk person his dad and his mom's guys like arguing and trying to fight and grandma comes out and is screaming at him and scared and probably in shock because a car just came through her house. Just crazy, crazy, crazy. I can't make up. The point of the story is I can't make up any of this stuff. And a lot of these stories, that story is kind of a lumpy story, but he would let me tell that story because he's my neighbor and... I'm pretty sure he called me right after it happened and like woke me up to tell me. And I didn't believe him at first. He was so fired up. And then I did believe him. But that was normal life with Lumpy. It was always craziness. I'd show up early in the morning at my house and there'd be something crazy to do or say or think. It didn't matter what time, late at night, middle of school, after school football practice after football practice <sighs> all the things such a character but when i think of him and this intro story i think what his theme song in my head is two songs he has a lot of songs but two songs they were just kind of they're really special to me now i listen to them i just i love them they sound like brand new to me every time and the first one is check yourself remix by ice cube Cause he would, he knew it. He would rap it and la make me laugh, and make me so proud. Like, whoa, man! Like, I can't do that. I used to think I can't do that at all. There's never like I can't remember. I love like I feel like I do like in my head, and I could write it out, but to say it uh, in front of people, get tongue tied and embarrassed, look like an idiot at first. But a journey. I was talking to my students today. And I had a quote of the day, and I said, a journey of a thousand steps 
or a thousand miles per se starts with a single step and i saw it on a a tab of uh off a tea bag yogi tea and i just thought it was so powerful because right now i'm transitioning into like teaching kids in person but in this story thinking about this journey um uh, it just resonates just hit it hits and i love that song ice cube is one of the best ever to do his craft love it love the lyricism so much and the beats and the original mix is great too um that's lumpy like i just hear lumpy in that song so much dropping bombs on your moms <laughs> it just makes me think of him so much because he is so happy to say that and remember that line um, life during wartime by the talking head so lumpy's family was very educated in music and music savvy uh, they knew, had a lot of he knew a lot of uh stories about certain artists old classic rock and some hip-hop stuff and like good hip-hop old school hip-hop stuff original stuff and talking heads came up often for his parents but also for him like i remember having in the cd and us being in sixth seventh grade eighth grade listening to stuff freshman like in high school all through like my 20s and into now i still listen i love the talking hands i love ice cube but the talking hands make me think of lumpy and just how i would think oh no other kids are listening to this we have to be the only ones as like seventh graders out in malala at the middle school in eighth grade rocking out the talking heads i remember my dad being stoked about it and surprised like oh you don't know anything about them and lumpy be like yeah i do and part of it i found out was that they had serious uh on satellite tv so way back before you could have alexa siri and google music and amazon music all the different things and i know they listen to us because i was telling my wife and i were listening classic vinyl and we always hear uh different stories and heard something about led zeppelin that i, I didn't realize about which I can't even remember what song. It doesn't matter. But Led Zeppelin, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, uh, freaking you name it. Talking Heads. So much stuff. So much info passed around by all those DJs and all the special shows like the Beatles stuff. Interviews. David Frick on the spectrum. Great stuff. Great stuff. But Lumpy's parents and Lumpy knew all that stuff. So he was a kid. He knew my dad was so impressed we that he that we would listen to classic rock with him. Love that. I mean listen to talking heads. Love that. I remember other adults being skeptical. You know, you don't know anything. Even though we did. You don't like them, even though we did. So sorry about your luck. As Lumpy and my mom would say. That's why they got along. It's funny, Lumpy got along very well with my mom's side of the family. He loved, once I told him everything, he just like embraced them even more and like cared about them and worried about them and asked about my mom and asked about my grandma and grandpa, everybody. 
my aunt, my uncle, my cousin. He met all of them and was kind and just a big character to all of them as well. But what else can I say? The legend. There's many more stories to come. This is just the beginning. It, it all starts with one single step, like I was saying. It all comes back around. That being said, happy hunting, and I'm glad you're here for the ride, part two. The next way, the second dimension, if you will. So, signing off. Till next time. Peace.